Welcome to Drinks at Work by Boothby with Sam Bygrave. That's me. This is a show about how you can go about building a creative and rewarding career in and around the world of drinks. Stefano Catino is someone who's done just that. He's the very definition of the consummate host. If you walk into maybe Sammy in Sydney when he's on duty, or in any of the maybe group's other venues, be it the Coffee Focus, Sammy Jr., Pizza Joint, maybe Frank, or the Lux Surrounds of Cocktail Bar, Dina Nancy on 22, and you'll find him commanding the room. So on this episode, Stefano talks to me about why he does what he does, what it is that he thinks makes maybe Sammy special, his hopes for the next bar, El Primo Sanchez, and we even break some news around the real story behind the theatrical use of a bubble gun at Maybe Sammy. It's something that says a lot about the team's approach to experience and service. Maybe Sammy has won just about every award in Australia that they can, and it has been a fixture of the world's 50 best bars list since the bar opened. So I talked to him as well about the importance of these kinds of awards and what they can do for business. But we also talk about how the business began back with Maybe Frank in 2015. They didn't do it with big budgets, but they did it with passion and a commitment to quality. And some smart marketing ploys along the way. So my chat with Stefano in just a minute. But first, I want to talk about the Boothby Drink of the Year Awards. The top 50 is on boothby.com.au right now. You can go on there and have your say in the Boothby People's Drink of the Year Award presented by Orlando. Just hit up the top 50 online and hit the vote button. The winner will be announced along with the Drink of the Year and the Drinks List of the Year at the Boothby Drink of the Year Awards on Tuesday, 29th of November at Double Deuce Lounge in Sydney. Okay, now onto my conversation with Stefano Catino. Uh, Stefano Catino, thanks for joining me on Drinks at Work. Thank you, Sam. Uh, it's so nice to be here with you. I wanted to get started, just lay the table a little bit. How did you get started in the in the bar industry in the first place? Uh, well, I started because my family, my dad had a restaurant since I was born back in the Italian Riviera. And then right. when he sold it, uh, I got sent to work for my cousin in their bar when I was 14 years old for a summer job. <laughs> And uh, yeah. the, the, that was my first bar job. And uh, it was during the World Cup, 1998 World Cup summer. And that was yeah. my first bar job. And I remember it clearly because my cousin gave me the notepad and he said, go take the orders. And I literally took the order of the old place and I got back <laughs> with the notepad. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? Then? He said, oh, that's cool, but you should take one order at a time. Say you took the oh, you, I took everyone's order. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to be waiting for the drinks that day. Um, and what was it about that sort of early experience with hospitality that keeps you doing it? It's just a family thing. It's just what you guys do. I or? think uh, I was lucky. I was. Uh, I think I learned everything there. I think that job is the one that keeps is is the where I learned the most because we came from a family who used to do hospitality. My great grandfather was uh, he, he had bakery in town. He he was yeah. making bread, and then my grandfather, and then my father kind of stayed away from that. He opened his restaurant, but we were always based in hospitality. And then I started to work with my two cousins, and they taught me a lot. They taught me people, which is the the thing that I still uh, I think yeah. I know best. They taught me how to be nice with people. They taught me that 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 type of uh, you know of relations that you that you have with your customer with your guest so yeah that experience still today is the most important experience in my life because it shaped me to who i am maybe sammy uh one of the world's best bars has been on that world's 50 best bars list basically since it opened um it didn't start with maybe Sammy though your little uh bar empire that you're building at the moment it started with maybe frank is that right it's correct it, uh, yeah, tell us about how how maybe Frank came about uh, the place that was it was in Surrey Hills. Now it's in yeah. Bradwick. Well, maybe Frank came about because uh, one day I stopped to have coffee with Vinny 
in his coffee shop and Vinny's Lombardo, yeah. And Vinny said, uh, he knew that I was, you know, just about to get my permanent residence in Australia. And he saw that I really wanted to do something. And he goes, I have a cool little place up the road. Uh, they're giving it away for cheap. Do you want to maybe do it together? And then I say, let me have a look. We walk inside. Everything was there. I remember it was Pizza Mario. But they closed down uh, for some uh, ATO reason. So everything was there. Everything. And I right. go like, okay, that this place is done. We just need to, you know, do a little makeup. And they didn't have a bar. And Vince insisted we should have a bar, which is funny because he's not a bartender. We should have a bar where people, yeah, yeah but where people see the bar. <laughs> and I say, ah, oh, that's a good idea. So let's build a bar. And now it's closed, so I can say we build a bar illegally. And, uh, <laughs> and that's fine. So yeah. we close everything up. We build a bar. And then uh, I'm hunting. Uh, and then I have this concept of making this, uh, you know, this, uh, this Italian pizza place with good cocktails. And then one night mm. I was walking Surrey Hills. I end up uh, in the bar where Andrea Gualdi at the time was working and we kind of click with each other. And, and, you know, and then I say, I have this idea of this bar and then he liked it. And then boom, yeah. we went in and that's how maybe Frank started. And yeah, yeah Andrea just, yeah, what was we'll it, go for it. Yeah. What was it about maybe Frank that you think resonated with people? Why did it become so popular? As it did? Well, I tell you why I know exactly why the pizza was good. was a good product. The food was a good product, but yeah. Andrea just arrived from, uh, from the working with Alex and Simone, which are still the leader of our community. If you look even at, yeah, that, that, was, was ta- that was the Artesian, Artesian bar. Yeah. So he just came fresh from yeah. there with like his head exploding of ideas, but nowhere where to put them. <laughs> I was being in the industry in Australia for a while because I was working with Marco Faraone and I knew everybody in the yeah. industry. And finally we could put this idea together and and create this little, uh, you know, little hub in Saril, which was a, was a little shitty pizzeria, but the cocktail were good. I remember. Yeah, still, right. I still, I still think that was the some of the best thing we did. The, some of the best drink, the funniest menu. We did a rotating pizza yeah. menu, but we didn't have budget. Yeah. And Vince, yeah, but we didn't have budget. And and people come and they love that fact that we were having fun, always fun behind the bar, sitting there, yeah. feeding people. And then there was Vince around, my wife at the time on the table. Just a little family business but was done with a lot of love and passion. I, I miss that. I have it, but yeah. I don't have that passion anymore because there I was really putting my balls in the line, which is a different feeling. It's like you gotcha. need to prove yourself, but we didn't let nobody touch the bar for I believe two and a half year. We've worked every night, me and Andrea. We never left. Yeah. We fire uh, eight bar back in uh, two years. And then we find Eros. And you know, it's funny. Yeah, he's fantastic. And now he, he runs Mimi. But it's funny, you know? So that's maybe Frank. That's when everything started. And that's where the name came about because I was a big fan of the Red Pack. And we were looking for a name. Yeah. And I was Googling Dean Martin. And finally, I found this picture of Dean Martin in Las Vegas that says, Dean Martin, maybe Frank, maybe Sammy. <laughs> and I go like, maybe Frank is the name. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then uh, maybe Frank Open, and uh, yeah, it was a success, you know. First year I was upset because I didn't win a bar award, rest on bar of the year. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> second year I did, I was happier. But no, uh, that was my, but when I came to Australia, you know, to see that triangle martini, uh, like uh, yeah. stainless steel piece, 
it was something I like. I want that thing one day. Like I need the the bartender magazine. Yeah, no, I wanted yeah. it. I like yeah. something. I really wanted it because it was like a proof that you know I came with five thousand euro in this country. I didn't came with a, a bag full of cash. So and I yeah. finished that because I spent it. I spent three thousand of those five thousand euro at um, Naren's and Chino's bar when I moved here. At the Bayswater Brasserie. At Bayswater yeah, Brasserie. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that was the money best spent because I met everybody in that bar. So did you have the, the, the name for maybe Sammy, I guess from maybe yeah, Franklin? Yeah, I have. Was the, next, was the next place always going to be the cocktail bar or did you have plan? Did you did you think you were going to be able to do maybe Sammy when you first opened No way. Frank? I thought we, in fact, we did maybe Frank Randwick before. We found another deal. Yeah. So we did this pizza neighbor bar in Randwick, which is still working and is, and is amazing. So it was never an idea to to do what's next, what's next. But then the opportunity came because Vince is the guy who finds us all these sites. And then, you know, some site is no, no, no. But then some site, you kind of feel the butterfly in your stomach. And you go like, ooh, I see, you know. And then right. we walk with Andrea. We we recently went, Andrea won World Class that year, and we got this trip to London. And when, and when yep. we were in London, we started to go to all these hotel bars. I love hotel bars. I don't find yeah. them boring. I love intimate place. I love the Savoy. I love the Connaught. And I hate when people say it's boring. What, what do you mean it's boring? <laughs> if you go into a hotel bar, you're not going there to party. You're going there to have the experience of the hotel bar. And then you can go to a mm. dive bar to party. And I love hotel bar. And that's where we stumble randomly into Martin. Martin yeah. Hudak. Uh, how did that come about? Because Andrea is an idiot and he didn't remember London. Any, anyhow, he goes, I lived there for two years and we got lost seven times. So I walked back from St. Paul Cathedral to Lesson Square, which is a long yeah. walk. There was a train strike, bike ride, a marathon, I don't remember. And then we are dressed yeah. like, we are sweaty and dressed like, you know, backpackers. And then I see Savoy yeah. and I go like, fuck, I've never been to the Savoy. Ah, what yes. is it? And Andreas, uh, should we go in? Oh, but we don't, we're not dressed properly. We had a maybe Frank hat yeah. on. And I go like, man, we are here. We're leaving tomorrow. Let's go check what Savoy is. And then we walk in there. And, you know, for me, it's, I love this shit, you know. Winston Churchill on the wall, Frank Sinatra, all these <laughs> images. And, but at the end of the bar, there was Martin Hudak, which was waving at us. And he was, and he goes, come, come, come. And we approached the bar and goes like, I know you guys, you're the guys from maybe Frank. And then I go like, oh, and wow. then I goes like, yeah, I see your hat everywhere. That was our marketing strategy. We send a maybe Frank hat to everybody in the world when we first opened to, yeah, oh, really? to all our friends. Uh, I did uh, recently, I did like, um, we had a talk with, uh, with an international bartender who came to Sydney and he was explaining how to make it in the bar world. No. And he was giving advice to yeah. people. And I said, uh, I once op- when I opened my first bar, I made a hat and I sent it to everyone. We sent it to Alex, Simone, Naren. We sent it to Julio. We sent it to everyone around the world, who, who, you know. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you see everybody at the bar show with a maybe Frank hat, maybe Frank hat. So they got familiar with this maybe thing, no? Anyway, Martin yeah. looked after us. was an incredible, was my second best bar experience. The first one was when Andrea served me once. Then was Martin when he served me once. It was spectacular. Yeah. Drinks were amazing. And then we told him, look, we want to open a hotel bar. And he said, okay, cool. And then uh, a few weeks later, he said, oh, you guys opening a hotel bar. I would love to join you down in Australia as long as you make me in charge. And I'm going, charge of what? Of the coffee program. 
I'm like, cool. You you can have the coffee program because doesn't exist here. So you can have you can be. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have one. Now we do. <laughs> but yes, you're in charge of the coffee program. Come. And then now, yeah, and that's how it started. And then Balash was here, which he was working with Andrea D'Artigian. So they have all this hotel background. And it was fun because I had a vision of what I wanted to see, but I didn't have the skill set to execute it. But they had the skill set to execute hotel bar and how to carry the tray. And, you know, I was taking glasses with my hands the first week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I still do when they don't look at me. And uh, but yeah, that was the that was what, what happened, you know, what happened. And we go like, and we build, build, and we did the trial at night when maybe Sammy was closed. We pretend to be the guest and serving each other. Mm. We do we need not, yeah, do we need nuts? Do we need olives? How are we doing these? And I I had three months. I got this glandular fever, which is a, like a type of sickness, like a virus that makes you very weak. Mm. Yeah. And I was so weak. I sent my wife and my daughter away in Canada for a month because I had to build this baby semi. And I had no, I was yeah. there all day building and at night I was dead. And then it was seamless, you know, then it was quiet. Eh? I remember the first week was busy. Then yeah. I remember week, I remember night in there being three people. I go like, wow. Are what, yeah, what, when did you open? Was it end of 2019? Yeah, was it was January 2019 which we were lucky, but we opened and we tried everything. We even tried open for lunch. We did a lot of things, you know, in that area, there was nobody. And if we finally, you know, but when people came, we had an idea, which was a hotel bar, but a bit more fun. You know, we never thought it was going to be the Savoy, you know, we always thought Mm. that the music would go up uh, louder and the light were going down and, you know, yeah. so we built towards that, no? But always there was a drink yeah. program in the back, a good selection of spirit. We've always tried to do the right thing. And then more people more people came, more people left. And sometimes I thought, oh, it's leaving, oh, that's going to be bad. And then someone else better arrived, like Sara, Paolo, yeah. Wen, Hunter. Like uh, all these kids are great mm. and they bring so – you don't understand how much these people bring. They bring a lot of energy to the place. But that's something I, I remember noticing the first – First night I went in there would have been that first week I think. I think I went in with um, with a friend Cameron and and I remember sitting at the bar and we got the drinks were fantastic but there was a certain energy uh, that was going on behind the bar there and a certain playfulness that I think uh, stood stood the bar apart from other bars other cocktail bars at the time when it opened. I think it was probably the first time I met Martin as well. And I was like, okay, who, Jesus Christ. Who's this yeah, guy? yeah, he was, uh, <laughs> and Martin, at the time he was 27. People think he's old because he does look older than me. But Martin, Martin <laughs> is 32 years old now. So when we opened, he was 27, 28. And, and Martin yeah. come, like, he has a lot of energy and he's very good. I love Martin with people and blah, blah, blah. But he also has like, a, his story is different. He also had struggle and problem. And, he, he, you know, he didn't grow up in, like, in the middle of Sydney. He grew up in Slovakia in the middle of nowhere. Like, do you understand what does it mean yeah. for a kid who come in the middle of nowhere to move to a big city, achieve a lot, move to Sydney, achieve a lot? Yeah. He, his energy is, like, a lot. He's contagious. Sometimes it's too much. But but he does. He's, a, like, a beast. And with the team. Well, he works hard, yeah, he too. He's, a, he's probably the hardest working guy. Yeah, me too. And I always say that. And he knows. But we, we, we created this energy and the team, uh, they had fun. That, that was the, the rule number mm-hmm. one was entertain each other, be different personality, doesn't matter. But, you know, try to work together 
but we love people in there. I, I know that. We love people. Yeah. When you launched Baby Sammy, you said you had a, a vision for how this is going to gonna look, but not the skills to execute it. Did you have the, you know, like the display that goes on there now where sometimes the bubble gun comes out or there's a bit of a song and dance? And Was that in your mind to start with or did that sort of thing grow organically and how did that yeah, come Yeah, all those things grow organically inside the bar. We never say, oh, let's have a bar, blah, blah, blah. But I'm gonna tell you, I never tell nobody. I'll tell you the story about the bubble because people think we just throw bubble. <laughs> but I tell you the story because this is an interesting story. So the bubble came yeah. about because every summer when I was in my hometown in Vernazza, the month of August is when yeah. the rich Italians going on, every Italian going holiday, no? So we have this very rich yeah. lady who used to rent the best room on overlooking the square. Vernazza is uh, like Portofino, it's beautiful. You know, it looks amazing. So every day yeah. we have aperitivo. Aperitivo, if you guys don't know yeah. what it is, is the time of the day, I'm joking, <laughs> where people gather after work to talk about politics. At six o'clock, aperitivo starts. So what she would do, she would go up into her window. She would set up a bubble machine. All the bubble were like with the wind were going all over the square. She would sit down, yeah. have her glass of wine or her martini cocktail and looking at, imagine a square in Italy with kids seeing bubble coming out of a window, tourists, yeah. everybody was like so magical, no? because the bubble come down, the kids are grabbing them, the parents are after the kids, and the tourists are all of yeah. a sudden taking a picture. No? And I've always loved the magic yeah. of this bubble. No? And yeah. uh, I tell you why I did the bubble, because I have no skill set, so I'm not a good bartender, <laughs> I don't know how to shake. So Bala, she's doing the throwing, <laughs> Andrea is doing the double shake, Martin is flipping the freaking uh, um, mixing yeah. glass, blah, blah, blah. And what Stefano does? I sell fucking throw bubbles. So I bought a <laughs> bubble machine. I start to throw bubble in the room. And people loved it. And I see that face and I go like, oh, that's fun, no? But then everybody... It is yeah, fun. But then everybody, yeah, but fun. then everybody embraced the bubble. But they think, this is the story of the bubble. It was uh, it's because yeah. my lack of skills... And because a bartender is somebody who wants attention, and if you cannot get attention because you're not good looking or because you're not skilled, yeah. I say, I'll go behind the bar sometime, I throw the bubble, and people were laughing, and you can catch their attention. And he also, it's very, you know, I see, now it's funny, but I see everybody in the world. When I see a bubble gun in a bar, I think, I say, that's us. I don't care. <laughs> is it something you see around A lot. Now? I get tagged because you don't see me, because I get tagged every time. London, it, yeah. New York the other day, some guy did a guest shift somewhere else and they brought a bubble machine. <laughs> it's the moment to break, you know, when you can bring your rotov up in the back, can you? So no. You think, no. no. <laughs> that's not as, not, as, not as a theatrical. No, no, but yeah, that's it. So that's the story. You're, you've got a, you're, you're, you're about to open the fifth venue that you've opened, yeah. is that right? El, El Primo Sanchez. And this is uh, with collaborators with, with another yeah. group. How how do these collaborations work? And then we'll get into a little bit about El Primo Sanchez as well, if well, we can. Yeah. But how do how do you how do, do they approach you? Do you approach them? Are you always looking for opportunities? How does that okay, work? Okay, I tell you how it works. We get approached for opportunity uh, twice a week since we've been in this fifty best, uh, or since we win all these awards. Right. I say no to many of things because I really want to choose my horses. No. Yeah. So I meet with these people uh, if they're rich. Most of them are rich because the good thing is these people have a lot of money and they can, you know, with a, within a budget, but they, they can make your venue look 
the way you wanted, no? Right. I did the organic thing. I did maybe Frank. I did maybe Frank Randwick. I did maybe Sammy, Sammy Jr. Me and Vinny, we yeah. did everything organically, no? But, you know, yeah. you're good at something. And hospitality is not a place when you're good, you're making a lot of money. So when a big company or somebody approaches you, say, look, we love you. What you do, do you want to do it? And I say, yes. I say, if I like you, you know? Yeah. And this guy we liked. He's a guy, you know what I say? Even the guy from Adina, Adina and Nancy, they're good people. You know, they have, mm. they're, they're, they have the biggest hotel chain in Australia, but they listen to us. It's a guy, the CEO is a guy you can joke with. He can give you a hug, you know? Right. And I don't like people if I cannot hug them. I'm, I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm honest with you. If I don't feel that human, I don't do it for the money. I would never do it for the money but I will do it for yeah. the human aspect, you know? So if a guy, I like okay. what he says, I like, so it's just a nice, you know, pat in the back or let's do this. And this is what happened. We met this guy, John, he bought a lot of pubs. We liked the guy. He hired some fun people. They're very green as a group, but doesn't matter. They're bad. They're green and they sure. know they're green and they're collaborating with us. They doing a, uh, they did a shop with Pavoni from Amare. They're doing one. And I like that concept. Look, we're not good at it, but we want to collaborate with good people. And yeah. they have the venues, they have the finance, and we decide to, to join force with them. They show us a lot of places we didn't like, and then they show us this uh, pub in the corner. Yeah. And I walk in there with Vinny, and he goes like, can you do an Aussie pub? I say, man, I'm not even going to try to do an Aussie pub. I'm not Aussie. <laughs> I'm a, I feel very Australian now. I love Australia, but I'm not an Aussie kid. I don't know the culture. Yeah. I don't know if VB is better than Rashi's. I don't watch cricket. It's not me. I would lie. I don't like when people lie about their concept, you know? Well, did we, did we just steal a lot of Italian culture and make it our own? Yeah, yeah, but no, but, it, no, but exactly. But I, I'm, I don't like that. I'm very, I have my train of thoughts. Mm. Say, but I love Mexico. And I'm like, this looks like Mexico to me. And I love Mexico. Right. And I've been in Mexico. I was there with the, the Vanguard team when we went there. And I toured Mexico with Phil Bailey, uh, Ron Cooper, um, yeah. uh, who was there? Um, Thomas Este. Yeah. And uh, and the other guy from uh, Vida, I don't remember his name now. Uh, but these are like people who know Mexico up and down and they show us everywhere. And I've always loved Mexico. Plus I speak Spanish and I love that. Uh. Because I can talk to the little guy on the street. I think knowing languages is important when you travel and when you try to... Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I felt like uh, I always wanted to do a Mexican. Always, 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 always. After that trip, especially. And we got the opportunity. And then I started to hunt for Mexicans. Because I go like, uh, <laughs> we, we're opening a Mexican place. I need Mexican people. Because I don't want right. to fuck up their culture. And I don't want it to be, okay. I don't want to do a Tex-Mex, you know? Yeah, for sure. I might do something stupid, but... We found Eduardo, the the guy used to they started with Charlie at uh, This Must Be the Place, and then he this year he, he did top three award class. And Edo is yeah. Mexican from Guadalajara, and he's making oh, amazing nice. drink. He's working with Matt Wiley at the moment, a few shift a weeks. So the guys yeah. makes good drinks, and me and Martin goes like he's the guy for it. So we went with our El Primo Sanchez idea. He loved it, and we say let's bring a bit of Mexico more Mexico because there is already great Mexican venue, but let's be, mm. let's bring our version of it. It's not yeah. Cantina OK, it's not uh, El Padron, it's not uh, Tio's, it's not El Loco, it's our Mexico, yeah. it's our book. You know, we can right. write about the same book and do a different thing. So this is gonna be sure. our version and we're super excited about it. 
Can you sort of describe the atmosphere in the place and what the place will feel like once you throw open the doors? Yeah, we. Well, so what we try to to recreate is like a. Um, do you look at this architecture that that was in California? When I talk about California, that California is also Mexico. You know that extension yeah. of Mexico. That uh, yeah. when you look at this boutique hotel they open now in Mexico, which is just paint wall, is not uh, a lot of colors. Like uh, it's not the typical like uh, I want to say a loco. You know, it's not bright green, bright orange. No. It's more of yeah. this pastel color that you see in these houses in Mexico, no? So that's mm. the idea. And then we create a long bar with a barra around. The barra is that, for example, is when you used to go to Pacifico, they had the bar yeah. and they had the barra on the side. So you kind of have oh, yeah, yeah. two bar. So we, we couldn't put it in front, but we put it around. So we have a long barra where people can sit and be more casual and have drink. Like I feel like it's very Mexico. That barra, yeah, and then we have a bit of low seating, and then we are crazy. We created three room. One is blue, one is green, and one is like a disco boot room with a yeah. super small karaoke room. Oh, get out! Some yeah, karaoke? so a karaoke room <laughs> f- for two people. Oh, for two people. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Okay. So it's a small karaoke room. It will fit two, three people, and it's gonna be fun. Nobody can hear you in there, but we're gonna find that. You know, I want to tell you everything, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be something fun. Okay. So it's going to feel like, yeah, it's going to be open in the day as well, a couple of days a week. You can go there, yeah. go, go, have good Mexican food, and then at nighttime, it will translate. It, it's not going to be like maybe semi. It's not going to be service, yeah. service, service. It's going to be more casual probably. We're going to try to do like maybe Baxterine or Shady Pine or Bar Planet where you go at the right. bar and you grab your own drink, you know? Because, sure. But yeah. But we see because we might change it. It's going to be an under organic venue. We're going to go in there and then we're going to see where people are going to place themselves because people are not going to react to design the way you think. So Really? No, because yeah. maybe you say, ah, oh, this is great. I'm going to fit three people there. And then people don't go there because they don't like the space. And then maybe they sit somewhere randomly. And then you need to change. If you have the power to do a bar for two months, run it, and then break it down and rebuild it would be every bartender's dream. Yeah, right. Yeah, because you can do a reality, you can put the Google on and look at your bar and pretend to, you know, take the porter and blah, blah, blah. But until you work yeah. in service and you don't know what people want, you know, what if people want to have espresso martini, margarita all night and you didn't plan for it, you know? Yeah. And you don't have a coffee machine. What are you going to do now? You never you know. Adapt. So you need to adapt to what people want. Right. Um, we touched on uh, the World's 50 Best Awards before, um, and you've, I mean, maybe Sammy's won just about everything there is, I think, at this stage. How important has those awards been to uh, the, success, the success of the venues uh, and, I guess, affording you opportunities to do other things? Look, they've been, uh, I'm not lying, they've been very important. They've been very important yeah. because they give us a chance to to be recognized overseas and mm-hmm. uh, to make more contact, to travel the world, trying to share what we believe is the best version of ourselves. But also sometimes we go overseas and we talk about Australia. We go around. Yeah, I, yeah. I've noticed that with you because you're not just talking about your body. You're talking about Sydney. You're talking about Australia in general as well. Yeah. People don't know this. People think, uh, you know, I mean, good people that know me know me that when I go around, I always spread word about how good we are 
and how good is for Pilar or Never Never or uh, this gin they make down there or how good is this other bar they open. I am a, I'm a big advocate for that. I love to yeah. share the fact that I think I live in one of the best cities in the world with the best food and drink, one of the best food and drink in the world. And, I'm, and I've always done that. And the 50 best gave us this opportunity to travel a lot. And, uh, but you need to take those opportunities because they're not given. So sure. you saw what you've been to one of our guest shift and what we do, we go above and beyond and we try to entertain as much as we can. And during yeah. guest shift, every time we get another guest shift. And sometimes we do different things, like we did one in Lake Como in a five-star hotel, the most luxurious hotel in Lake Como, me and Martin. And people yeah. think, oh, what are you gonna do there? I'm not gonna do tequila and jump on people. And do, be, <laughs> you know, there is a line, but that, that's how you need to be smart. But we were polished, we had our jacket on, we make every martini, yeah. we explain every drink to every guest. We did some bubble, we go to the table, and people go like, wow, this is great. Do you want to do Venice Cocktail Week? And then we go. <laughs> Is that how that came and That's how it came about. And then we fly back and then we fly back and the guy take us to Venice Cocktail Week. Then uh, you do a oh. gas ship and the guy says, oh my God, I love you. Do you want to come to the Maldives? Oh yeah, why not? But you know, <laughs> but they know in the Maldives when there is guests on a hotel, five star, you're not going to be crazy. But they, they wanted that. That's what they ask. Yeah. Everyone asks, oh, can you do a bit of maybe semi working with you, you bring so much energy, but we're not stupid. Yeah. We don't take a shirt off or look like sweaty. We try to, yeah. we try to have fun with the, with the instrument that the people that we have in front of us, basically. Yeah. What's the benefit for you doing these takeovers? I mean, aside from getting to go to Lake Como and the Maldives, mm. <laughs> what's, what's the, cause you, I mean, you still got a business to run. Yeah. Uh, What's the benefit in it for you? Simone Caporale is a big advocate of this and is the guy who, te- who taught every bartender to charge money for what you're doing because uh, nothing is free, okay? So there is a funny podcast that I was listening to the other day where he was explaining to, to this guy goes like, ah, oh, yeah, this company told me, oh, we're going to fly you there and you can make drink for us. And he goes like, of course you're going to fly me there as if I'm flying there myself. But then you also pay me because by, by me not being in my business, I need to get paid. So yeah. that's why we do this thing. So we can generate extra money for us and for the bartender that we take with us sometimes. Sometimes we do it like I got invited to the Maldives. I got to take my wife and I got to have a full paid holiday. I mean, I'm not going to ask the guy to give me another money on top of that. I'm also, sure. you know, I'm also like, you know, not stupid, you know, but usually it's a, it's a work-related thing and you meet a lot of people and you know what's good? You look at that and Martin does a lot of them. He's in Bangkok today. You see, yeah. you see the drink world scene around the world and you can, and, and it pushes you because you go like, look at what, Bro. look at what these guys are doing. Why we're not doing that? Look at this ingredient. Mm. Why we didn't think about this garnish. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there is just a lot of benefit into traveling. But uh, my advice for the Australian community, which wasn't present too much this year at the two biggest bar event, uh, you were there, but even in, yeah. uh, in, in uh, Tales of the Cocktail, was five of us, all Australian here, but none of us was Australian. It was me, Mikey mm. Enright, uh, <laughs> Martin Udak, and the guy, the, Mikey Enright, Tim Stones, yeah. and a few guys from Maryville actually came, and two guys 
uh, to young bartender from uh, the cottage bar in um, in um, Kings Cross. They pay mm. their own ticket. Nobody's going to pay you to go there, but you need to make. Sometimes you need to spend money to make money. Mm. Go to. I the- feel like. A couple of years ago, there was a bit better representation. I think, you know, I mean, flights at the moment are expensive. Are yeah, and yeah. I, and I can just, a lot of a lot of regular bartenders might not be able to pay for that. I suspect it depends. It's a choice, eh? But sometimes I invest mm. my money into trips. Sometimes I bring the kids over because I think it's a good opportunity. And it never led. It never led to to to, to another thing. Always led to another thing. Right, man. It, yeah, well, it's, it's about opening doors and. I mean, if you don't know if you don't go to these things, right? You don't meet those people if you don't go. Exactly. You don't know what happens. You're still going to be open when you're there to new new experiences and um, new acquaintances. I think so. I think you need to go there with the with the right mindset. But I wanted to see more people there because sometimes I love, as I say, I love to talk about Australia. But it's so funny. I go there. Where are you from, Sydney? Yeah, you don't sound Australian. No shit, I don't sound Australian. I have the fucking <laughs> thickest Italian accent ever. But I want to represent. I would like to turn and say, oh, you know, I would say, I like to go there with Pazan and Chino. I go like, look, they're Aussie. You know, they, yeah. they have cool bars. They've opened cool bars, you know. This is the people, you know, you know. Yeah. And uh, and it's good because sometimes I get misunderstood. I'm Italian. I'm Italian. Yeah, but I'm not Italian. I'm, I'm Australian. <laughs> I'm representing that. I, I could never I don't open. think anyone's mistaken you for being Italian. No, yeah. but, I could, <laughs> but I also, like, the people mistake that. Like, I would never open five bars in Italy. Is this clear for people or no? I could never no. do what I did in Italy. Never. Why is that? Because you can't. Because the taxation rate is too high. Because it's hard to get a loan. Because people don't believe in uh, in youngsters. Look at uh, I don't like to talk about politics, but look at our government, man. These these people are like uh, eighty five years old. Berlusconi is eighty five. Is there the government in Italy? How can you think? <laughs> you know, here you go around. You know, they have a young generation. You know, keep in mind they're all politicians. So. Probably then none mm. of them are nice people, but Australia is this <laughs> meritocracy. You can do stuff, you can open venue. They they believe in you. They give you money. You know, in Italy it would be hard. I put, probably could have one bar in Italy. I can never have five yeah. bar, never. Yeah, right. So thank you, Australia. <laughs> okay. Uh, last question for you: When you are opening all these, uh, when you're opening another venue. How do you go about ensuring that the, you know, the original babies, like say the baby Sammy when you're up in Dean and Nancy, how do you make sure that they stay as good as they are, and if not improve, mm. while you're sort of d- diverting your time to these new projects? Yeah, the oldest trick of the bar. When you're a bartender and you're working with other bartenders and guests arrive to your bar, what's the first thing you should do? You should introduce yourself and introduce the bartenders working with you. Say, hi, Sam, my name is Stefano. I'm looking after you tonight. How are you? This is Manuel. And Manuel, meet Sam. At that time, you don't need me anymore because you start to look for Manuel. And then Manuel should uh-huh. do the same with Wen, which should do the same with Hunter, which should do the same with Sarah. And, and then you right. can keep, because you know why people go to bar? I keep saying this. It's like that song, Cheers. People like to go where people know your name. Yeah. So if you can create, and that's what I say, I'm not worried. I, I'm not a maybe semi all week, this week. I know Sarah's there. She knows everybody, the important people yeah. who come in and the faces. And we do a lot of training. So uh, I'm not worried. And we're very lucky because we're very, I'm very lucky because I think we always kind of find good stuff. But we train them a lot on the personality sides and on our vision. 
before training them on the job itself, you know? So, mm. well, I don't know. I met a guy yesterday, went to Dinanesi. He goes like, ah, oh, there was your bartender. And the Asian girl, I say, yeah. Well, she, oh, she was amazing. And I was like, ooh, good. Yeah, I can tell that you teach them a different way of hospitality. They're always try. I said, that's good. That's what I mean. How was the drink? I don't remember. I guess it was good. You know, I, I think the drinks are good, especially now with the new cocktail list. You know, it took, yeah, us, very good. It took us a lot of oh, time yeah, to yeah, get yeah. there. But we always have two people managing each of our place. And those two people right. represent me or Martin or Vince when we are not there. And we have, now we have Sarah and Paolo and maybe Sammy, Chris and Steph yeah. and Nancy. So they are in power. They're the boss. And I go there. If I go work there, I say, Steph, where do you want me tonight? Yeah. I never be, oh, yeah, I'm the boss. I sit down and drink with Sam. <laughs> That's a shame. That's a shame. <laughs> All right. Well, that seems like a great place to leave it. Thanks for your time, Stefan. I always love talking shop to you. Thank you, Sam. It was very nice. I, I like to talk to. I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're Italian, right? Exactly. Yeah. I'm Aussie. I'm Aussie. <laughs> All right. I just quickly before you go, when does El Primo Sanchez open? We are gonna. We are look. Uh, they 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 say that at the end of the month they're gonna give us the place to then try to open in the middle of December. Knowing Australia, <laughs> I think the trade the trade is they will they will stop working on the twenty three, but with their mind yep. they will stop working on the eighth of December. <laughs> so I, okay. I start to think we're gonna open in January now. Same as maybe Sammy, All which right. is a good sign. Uh, well, fingers crossed and good luck on the next thing. Thanks very much for talking to me. Thank you, Ted. Have a good day. Ciao, Sam. Thanks to Stefano again for the chat and thank you to you for listening. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please give them a rating on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get yours. I really appreciate your support. And also a reminder that the Boothby People's Drink of the Year Award is open online for voting right now. Visit boothby.com.au and follow the link to have your say. Until next time, this has been Drinks at Work from Boothby.